0: ...available from the Redskins for a second-round pick with the Vikings, Browns, Eagles, and Jets interested in, in the tackle. Some other NFL news today. Steelers outside linebacker Bud Dupree signed his franchise tender
1: while Patriots' side wide receiver Marquise Lee and Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady confirmed a TMZ report that he walked into the wrong home when going to visit his new offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich. He went to Leftwich's neighbor. We are
2: Core Press, Eric and Ajay Salveson. Hey, welcome to 106NFM, 1390 AM, The Fan, and 106NTheFan.com. It is NFL Draft Day. That's right, NFL Draft in the house going on. Uh, starts at 6 o'clock today, 5 o'clock tomorrow, and then 10 a.m. on Saturday. Those are all mountain times. Uh, Jordan Love, David Woodward, Dominic Eberly, T. Penale, all hoping to be called at some point, one uh, first round through seventh. And uh, we are all looking forward to hearing those names as well. Uh, This is a very exciting time, not just because we have live sports content, Eric, but that we have local talent that is going to be featured in it, we hope.
3: Certainly one of the most anticipated NFL drafts we've seen in a long time. Aggies, uh, particularly one Aggie, could go very high in this draft. And uh, we wanted to talk to somebody who was very close to all these players, and that's Utah State head football coach Gary Anderson, and he joins us now in the Full Court Press. Coach, thanks for your time today. Hey, coach.
0: Well, you're welcome, guys. I hope all is well. Great to be with you. How are we doing?
3: We're staying socially distant. I don't let AJ close to me, which is usually a good thing, anyway.
2: <laughs> I never, I never let AJ close. Yeah, we know. Uh, <laughs> we definitely know that, coach.
3: <laughs> From your perspective, I mean, this isn't your first rodeo with seeing your players that you've been with, either as an assistant or as a head coach, getting an opportunity to go to the next level. Uh, but have you had a player talked about at such a high level as Jordan Love?
0: Uh, probably Melvin Gordon. You know, Melvin was uh, very, very highly touted. Obviously, he came out and had a tremendous career. A lot of Heisman talk around him for a while throughout the year. Um, you know, that, uh, Had the game where he held a single... And say rushing record for what turned out to be a matter of hours, but he had it for a bit. So it was. Uh, those have been very similar. Uh, it's, it's an awesome, unique opportunity when you're in that position to be around the, the kids and their families were in those situations. And you know the good thing about Jordan, and I would say it's also about Melvin, and just had tremendous support, and they handled it very, very well. And um, I don't. They don't. They don't need me to go through this process because they're surrounded by the right people and they were raised the right way.
2: Hey, Coach, you know, I I feel like your message would be to all the kids who are entering the draft, you know, from Utah State or from wherever, is it's not where you get drafted, but how you prove yourself after you get drafted. Guys like Bobby Wagner, uh, guys like Robert Turbin or Nick Vigil or Kyler Fackrell, all these guys have made a name for themselves, even no matter where they were drafted, I'm guessing that would be your message to them. No,
0: absolutely. You know, the, the, every one of these kids have been in positions where they've had to fight for a spot and... Could go back into a little league, go back into high school. It could be another sport other than football, and obviously that happened. It took place for all the young men that have an opportunity to potentially play in the NFL uh, at Utah State this year and every year that turn around and get drafted. So you know the fight just begins by getting an opportunity, and um, you know hey, if you, the higher you get drafted, sure, obviously the opportunity you have to be able to make the team, but you still have to produce. And you know football is truly a, uh, it's a business. When you get to that level and your ability to compete every day, your ability to fight every day, um, and, and do your job in a professional way on and off the field is an uh, extremely high standard to get set. And Those uh, young men know that, and you know, we really try to prepare them for that as they go through our, our process and our team and as they go through time. You know, they don't have to manage academics anymore. When they get into the NFL, but there's so many things to juggle that are different. There's a lot of stressors out there uh, for those kids, and we try to help. We try to prepare them as much as we can to get in situations to, you know, jump in there and have some success early.
3: Certainly, a lot of NFL teams have been reaching out to you to assess your reaction, your knowledge about Jordan Love, what he's like off the field, uh, things that they don't have tape on. What are some of the most common questions that you get about him?
0: Well just how he is as a leader uh what is his leadership skills uh, his uh, his ability to you know handle success his ability to handle failure uh, his ability to handle any type of adversity that comes his way uh you know what what is what is he like when he's off the field how does he handle himself uh you know once he once he walks out of that facility and he doesn't have eyes on him other than himself or his teammates or whoever he's with and you know those are all common things because especially where Jordan's going to go and he's a quarterback he is instantly to my opinion tonight his life is going to change forever there's a lot of people know who Jordan Love was before tonight but everybody knows who Jordan Love is after today and after he gets himself into the NFL so his ability to be able to you know handle himself as an NFL quarterback and a high level draft pick is is so important to those NFL teams and the management structure, and, and just the whole you know the whole program overall. Quite frankly, the city it's, it's a big part of it. And um, those they, they ask outside of football; those are the common questions um, that they ask. Is just about you know character and things like that. And he checks every one of those boxes with an A plus.
2: Coach, similar question about David Woodward. He has he had a season cut short last year, but you know as better than better than anybody else, the kind of person he is on but off the field as well. For those GMs and scouts who are concerned about his health reasons, what positive reasons would you give about David Woodward to be drafted?
0: Well, from a football standpoint, um, yeah, you know, the guy led our team and tackled at the end of the year, and he played what six games. Uh, that's that's one reason, <laughs> and he he's ex. Extremely, extremely instinctive. Um, I think his football knowledge with the ability that he really grasped with Coach Anna over the last year helped him continually grow and develop in that area and would have continued to blossom. I think he had the same thing in the setting in the room with Coach Collins. He always wanted to wanted to learn, wanted to grow. Um, so that's a big part to him uh, as far as on the football side. And then off the field, you know, Woody is a very, very – quiet kid um but he was a leader for us he was basically unanimously picked as a captain and i don't believe that was just because he was such a good player it was because um you know how he goes about his daily business He's extremely work oriented he's a tough kid he's had some adversity in football and he's fought through that adversity time in and time out day in and day out and um you know so all again when he checks a whole bunch of boxes and the health scenarios and the issues those are for other people to figure out and uh yeah, i wish we'd have had him all season but we didn't um and uh he'll be if he gets an opportunity and it, and is healthy, he's a young man that is a very, very talented football player, which we've all seen, and again, a great teammate
3: deeppanali Dominic everberly, two other players that could get yep. their names called uh before the weekend is over what's uh, any sense that those guys might get drafted, or is it more likely that they do some uh, undrafted free agent signing?
0: You know, I have I have no idea on any of those things. I get asked, well, uh, who do you, who do you think is going to pick Jordan? I have your guess is probably a lot better than mine. Um, but you know, they're both they're both very unique. If you just look at Dom and see what his what he has done, his consistency. I think his ability to be able to show that he can kick the ball off the way he kicks it off, and he does some really special things with the ball on uh, placing it on kickoffs, which is a big part of the NFL game. And then obviously is his, his uh, consistency and his mindset because of his extreme competitiveness in the soccer world is really, really helpful for him as far as competing in those moments where he may sit on the bench for two hours and 45 minutes and all of a sudden, okay, buddy, you're up, go win the game. Uh, I think he handles it extremely well because of his, his competitiveness and his background within soccer and playing such a high level uh, and he is an extremely, extremely smart young man. So uh, he, he'll have an opportunity. I think he's going to go a long way. It's, it's going to be really hard. I think somebody really needs a kicker. If they give him the proper opportunities, I just believe Dom will answer the bell. And I think he'll be a hard one to say, hey, you know, we're not going to keep this guy. Uh, I hope that's the case, and I believe it will be with Tipa." You know, Tepa has to find his spot. Tepa uh, is the guy that's going to have to go in and, into the league, and he's going to have to go in there and show that he's going to be that outside backer. He's going to have to show that he can gain weight and keep the weight on top of him. If he goes in and melts away 15, 20 pounds on an NFL, on an NFL roster, um, you're not going to be around. So those are, those are those situations where he's going to have to be able to handle. He's extremely gifted. He can come off the edge and do some good things. Um, he's got a good, he's a good football mind. Um, but I haven't seen him for a while. I've heard he's gained some weight, so hopefully he hasn't. The the NFL scouts have seen that, and wherever he lands, hopefully he can keep that on, and that'll be a big part of his opportunity to uh, stay and stick on an
2: NFL roster. Coach, uh, the other guys, the former guys, the former Aggies, who have now went on to the NFL and are having great careers, do you stay in touch with them, and how often?
0: Absolutely. Um, I don't really put a – I don't know how often I talk to them whenever – Neither or I just want to reach out if they have a great game or if they're in the season or maybe if they see something out there on them. Uh, This year, obviously, Kyler went to a new team. You communicate with him and his wife. They go through time, and you will reach out to Bobby and talk to Turbo a couple three days ago on his little podcast. So the biggest thing for me is not how many times I talk to him. The biggest thing for me is each and every one of them understand and know that uh, I'm there for them, and uh, if they need me, I'm going to be there. And if I – Uh, but it's fun to, you know, see them progress through life just like every kid that's in the NFL or any young men's played for us in the past. It's fun to, uh, when
2: you hear something good about them, you should like to reach out to them and uh, just see how things are. Coach, along with that same topic about these former Aggies, I've never seen any coach get a testimony from former players like they gave for you on uh, your return back to Utah State University. What does that mean to you when greats like Bobby Wagner, Robert Turman? Uh, the list goes on of all these players showing gratitude and appreciation for you and what it shows to Utah State University current football players now.
0: Well, I you know, I, I just think it shows relationships are special and um, you know when when I when I call these kids kids some people say why do you call them kids I I, I feel like they're my, they're my kids and. Um, I want them to know that, again, that I'm going to be there for them. And and when when you can be there in their situation, they've had great successes. And then you can be there in situations when you haven't had great successes, when you're going through trial and time, really trying times. Brian Sweet, look at the way that his teammates and look at the way that all the kids that have played football with Brian Sweet have come back to be able to surround him and be with him. And, you know, Stacy tracks him every day on her Instagram to see what's going on with him and how he's going through life and, uh, but to have kids say things like that is very special because that's why we do what we do. That's why Stacey and I have always been in this profession is to make sure that we you know, do our best to take care of kids. And we'll put kids first. Sometimes people think we're crazy uh, the way, way we go about it, but, uh, you know, we're never going to stop doing it. And to have those relationships, it's everything to us. We have our relationships with our kids and uh, now our sweet daughter-in-laws and our sweet grandkids and, uh, and football players. And that's, that's kind of our life. So um, I love to hear those things. It's special.
3: Again, we're talking to Gary Anderson, head coach for the Utah State football team. And, Coach, we heard some comments this week from Commissioner Craig Thompson about the future of football. There's still a lot of uncertainty out there, but one of the ideas that's been floated is you know, we don't do uh, non-conference games. Maybe we only play conference games. Maybe games are played in the wintertime or next spring. Uh, I mean, do you have an opinion on what what you would prefer to see, or is it all just it's out of your hands there's nothing you can do about it right now?
0: Yeah, well, we would all like to have a normal season. There's so many things that are flying around. It just makes me chuckle, to be honest with you. I've heard, I've heard so many things now that, you know, it's, it's this and that and the other thing. Uh, but the serious part of it is what we've done is we, we've we got a date. And our date right now that we created long ago, uh, five weeks into it, five and a half weeks now into this cycle that we're in, is June 1st. And our schedule goes till June 1st. And then we'll reestablish as a, as a football staff and a football family, a new timeline at that point when we have a little bit better idea what July may bring. And if we don't know yet, then that's fine. We'll have a July plan. and That'll be a four-week plan, and we'll keep it going. Um, I I need that. In my life, I need structure to be able to say, hey, here is a goal date. Kids need that. I think athletes, competitive people, successful people need that in their mind. It just can't be Groundhog Day again and again and again. So that's what we've done. Whatever's presented in front of us, you know, we are going to accept and be excited about. Again, for me, the biggest thing is is we have to give the kids the opportunity to be prepared to be able to play. And um, What is that timeline? We all have our timeline. My timeline doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I'm going to have no bearing on it, but I've been asked many times my timeline by, by conference calls, by everybody that's been out there, and, and if I have my ideal world, it's eight weeks. Now, is that reasonable? Uh, Is that going to happen? I don't know that. But if I get asked the question, it's eight weeks. If we get told it's four weeks, get ready to go play, then that's what we're going to do. And our kids will handle that and be ready. But, you know, right now the key is the kids got to understand this could come at them and be a regular season, so they need to accept the responsibility of being in shape. Our kids need to know, yes, coach when i come back i'll be ready to run 10 gasters. they have to do that that's the minimum that they need to be able to do they need to maintain in the weight room if they have a weight room and they need to maintain on their workouts and so we give them week by week day by day to that june 1st date then we we'll reestablish what the football environment is i have no idea but i know we'll get the aggies ready and our kids will be chomping at the bit because they've had something taken away from them right now which is you know it's a very unique situation um but it's been taken away and i believe it's going to make them more hungry
3: Well, and you didn't even have the benefit of a spring uh, to develop depth charts and maybe moving people positions. I mean, you got to, it's going to take some time to develop all that.
0: Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. And it, it does. And you know, this, this staff has done just an absolutely amazing job. And quite frankly, so the student athletes along with everybody that we've gone through this process, but just specifically talking about football, you know, we have those unit meetings this this week and next week we can't because of finals and because of test week. Um, but prior to that, we've every week we've had a unit meeting, a two position meetings on each side. Uh, we have a staff meeting. We sit down on Monday and go over things academically. And Wonga and Slate have just been hit a home run academically with with our kids and our kids have done a fantastic job with the university adjusting in such a quality way, in my opinion, of, of allowing the, the the kids all of all the all the students as a whole. Uh, I can only talk about the student athletes, but I'm sure the students were the same as a whole. Just the the university structure was awesome to get them up and rolling. Uh, The communication has been very good, so you know it's uh, it's been good. Uh, But what we don't have, we don't have, and what we have, we have. And you know what? We have each other. We're healthy, and we're all blessed because of that. And so we need to wake up and smile and take advantage of the day.
3: Well, Coach, we appreciate your time uh, today. I'm sure you're going to be watching this draft over the next couple of days with a, a lot of interest. And uh, we, like you, hope that we hear Jordan Love's name called tonight.
0: Yeah, that would be awesome. And best luck to all of the Aggies. There'll be some free agent kids that get their opportunities. And, you know, we'll uh, all, Aggie Nation will be cheering them on. I know that much. And, and we'll, we'll watch closely. And we're proud of them that they got to this point. And we'll see what the world brings to them. So I appreciate you guys very much. And, and go Aggies. And everybody, please stay safe. And let's get through this thing.
3: Thanks, Coach. All right. Thanks, Coach. Thank you, guys. Bye. All right, uh, Coach Anderson. Yes, uh, he feels confident. He's going to hear Jordan Love's name called tonight. I hope he does. Uh, uh, and we've talked about this before. I, I, there's a real, I, I guess, sadness. Maybe not the right word, but there's kind of a hollow pit that that because of the uh, the pro day on campus that didn't happen. How many other players were affected could by be affected a, by it. Yeah, they absolutely. didn't get that opportunity to be looked at by an well, NFL scout. And
2: I, I want to clear something up. Someone said, well, they don't get to see Jordan Love throw to his own receivers. Because like, they would have seen you know, someone going for a route and then having Jordan Love throw to him. From what I had been told, Jordan was going to take his own set of receivers, three guys, and throw to them instead. He wouldn't have been thrown to any Utah State guys. They would have brought in a different quarterback. He would have been doing that. For the Utah State Aggie receivers, so it would it would have been a little bit different. Uh, someone texted in five three three. Texted in asked if there was any announcement on David Woodward's injury throughout the season. That's a no. Uh, it was concussion though. Uh, it was it was concussion. Uh, and just I mean, it's a kid's life and it's a young kid's life with so much ahead of him. And so that's that's uh that was the uh, answer there. Right, so yeah, take the necessary precautions hey, with that. Hey, are you excited? Like, are you excited though? Like, I get fired up about the NFL draft being today. I know it's virtual, it's different, it's never seen before the way it's gonna be done. But man, just live sports, NFL content, and we've got some Aggies to talk about today.
3: I know it's awesome, and it's interesting to note where these mock drafts, where they're at, and how they've changed over time. Uh, and we'll look at that. We'll, we'll, the likelihood of where Jordan Love might go, and how early he may may get his name called. And what other Aggies? Are getting talked about that may get drafted over the next couple of days. And uh, So, again, we'd love to hear from you as well. Feel free to text in and let us know what you think, 435-339-0321. Join us here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hi, Cash Valley. It's Chris from Al's. Wow, it's been a crazy spring and one that we will all remember. It's been 100 years since my grandpa opened his little bike shop in Loke. Since then, we've been outfitting families to enjoy our beautiful Cache Valley and evolved into a premier special.
2: Eric Franson, Aj Salveson. Are you okay today? You don't seem like your normal Eric Franson self. What's wrong? <laughs> it's been a day. I can day. tell. Like, I talked Busy to you on the day. phone today, and you are like, what? Yeah, I, would, I mean, you said hello, but the hello was in the tone of, what do you want?
3: No, just trying to get a lot of things done in and, a short amount of time.
2: I was like, excuse me. other things keep I popping up powder. in the time. Sorry that I was reaching out to you.
3: Should, shouldn't reach. Don't get too close. Don't can
2: I, close. can I, I mean, do you have like a a, like a personal assistant I can reach out to say, hey, is Eric in a good mood today? No? Okay. You let's should take a sports guy. <laughs> I should have him check
3: <laughs> no don't do that yeah, exactly then, he'll come what and, gonna
2: say, then he'll come and check on me. be careful what you wish for Eric NFL draft tonight 6 o'clock on ESPN a, uh, ABC, ESPN2 uh, ESPN Radio uh, wherever you find it uh, it's going to be everywhere the first round tonight rounds 2 and 3 tomorrow rounds 4 through 7 on Saturday uh, I look forward to a lot of different things um, this is going to be a unique draft and I love what you said last yesterday this will be a unique draft aside from the virtual part of it that the i mean the players that are in it and the mystery of who's gonna go where like jordan love was this incredible prospect who highly talked about and then disappeared off the face of the earth from uh a media standpoint if you will just media talking about him uh, and I said yesterday that I feel like NFL GM scouts, you know, could give a flying crap about what those guys say. They look at what they want and they know what they want. Um, but at the same time, you know, is it Tua or is it Love? Is it Herbert or is it Love? Is it Herbert or is it Tua? Like those three, I mean, you know Burrow's going number one. Those three guys could go two, three, four in whatever order you think. That's how just mysterious this is. And, and, and what teams trade up to go get those guys? Well, yeah, that's that's the real mystery here
3: is because we're in the smokes I heard somebody say it. This is the smokescreen season right now. Oh, yeah. Where now that we're getting close, the NFL teams are throwing all kinds of things to, to get uh, other teams off their scent about who they really want. Um, and so it, it's hard to know because a lot of these mock drafts we saw early in this process, Jordan Love was always in the first round. And sometimes he was a top 10 pick. And then, lately, he's not even in the first round. Uh, and then, for the earlier on in the week. Now, <laughs> last night, Joe Shad has him as a 19th pick. I just looked, Mel Kuyper, in his latest one for today, has Jordan Love as a 19th pick to the Las Vegas Raiders. So...
2: It, it's, I'm, it, 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 it's been a so, day. Sorry, sorry, do we, you didn't take that? That might be my NFL draft agent. He might be calling me with some rumors. Uh, you're pretty important. Dude, so. <laughs> no, you're right. Though. Okay, so. Heaven forbid we do a live radio show. <laughs> don't
1: need even. To take a phone call. You know call. what?
2: You know what? This guy probably would have treated me better than you did on the <laughs> phone today. So I don't want to hear it from you. <laughs> uh, no, you're right, though, Eric. Okay, so here's the thing. But that's you, you, mock drafts,
3: it's hard to put any real it, stock it, it, in it any is. of it because okay. these are non NFL experts in NFL programs that know what those NFL teams need and want. I mean, they're doing their due diligence. I'm not trying to throw all of them under the bus. They're trying to check their sources. They're talking to, to people in those organizations and trying to assess in their own uh, way of you know, what's the talent level of this guy. Is is he the fourth best linebacker? Or is he the third best corner? You know What is this team looking for? What are their needs? So uh, there's a lot of science that goes into it. But where there there isn't these pro days that took place, there weren't on uh, I guess you call them on campus visits uh, or at the organizations. There's so much that's uncertain as to what uh, what the consensus is on any of these guys, which actually makes it really really intriguing. I think.
2: Yeah, and, and that's that's what's going to be fun is is that there is uh, a lot of options that could go. I mean, and by the way, like just the trades. In the draft itself. Like you don't know what's going to happen in the trade itself. Uh, and, and that's I think what, what makes it so fun. And, it just, and I have to ask you. If there's. Give me. Well. I don't know how to ask that actually. If there is. Three teams. That you would say Jordan Love would be the best fit for. Give me three teams right now that you say, you know what, that team would fit for Jordan Love?
3: Um, I think that the Indianapolis Colts. Why? Would be a great spot. Well, I think they've had a good history of, of solid quarterbacks. It's a good program. They've got a good offensive line. Um, I, I think that there's a good organization there. There's somebody else, a veteran that's there that's going to be the starter, so he's not going to be thrown into things right away. Um, I think there's that would be a good spot. I think New England would be a great spot for him. Again, solid organization. There is question mark about who he may be playing behind or how quickly he may be thrust into the starting role. Um, I I think those are good potential landing spots for him. A couple others that I keep hearing are Miami and uh, Las Vegas. Those may be likely landing spots. I don't know how great those are for
2: Jordan Love to land in. Mel Kuyper, in his final mock draft, has Jordan Love going to Las Vegas Raiders at number nineteenth in the pick. He says, I'm quote, I'm sticking with love to the Raiders because I still think he's going to go somewhere in round one. John Gruden, Mike Maycock can get their young quarterback to build around. Uh, they're gonna need some major build then if that's the case. Cause Derek Carr's still there, right? Yep. So that he can learn under Derek Carr, yeah, which so- is not a horrible thing.
3: No. And Coach Gruden doesn't mind having a lot of quarterbacks in the room.
2: No, he yeah he's, he loves he loves to talk about banana wide split, doesn't he? Uh, I so the three teams I'd like is is I think would be a good fit for him is New England, Green Bay. Even though it's cold weather, I still like Green Bay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take New England or not New England, sorry Las Vegas. Based on the fact that, A, it's, uh, it's fun for us and for a selfish region because the Las Vegas Raiders are here or close to us, but also... Mm-hmm. And I would, we air their, a lot of those games on this Are going to be on Sunday, yep, absolutely. Uh, but also for the fact that uh, John Gruden is a absolute guru when it comes to quarterbacking. And I know there's not a lot there. It's pretty bare in the tank right now. thanks to some really bad management in draft picks, uh, in trades and such. They've, they've screwed up a lot. But if they can get Jordan Love and then build around Jordan Love the right way, good talent around him, offensive line, uh, wide receivers, and, and give him a running game that can be reliable so you have to put all the pressure on Love, Love would be a great fit for Las Vegas. New England I'm worried about. I don't think New England's a good fit Like out of those three teams. I think New England's out of those three are the worst.
3: And why is that?
2: Because he doesn't have anybody to learn from. Brian Hoyer? It's all right, not great. Jared Stidham is only in his second year. And really, he didn't have... I mean, Jared Stidham showed great arm strength in preseason last year. And I know it's preseason, but he showed great arm strength. He showed good accuracy. He showed good vision. But he didn't sometimes... But his pre-snap reads were not good. Uh, Moxie in the pocket, he was a little skittish when he saw a linebacker coming after him. Uh, I don't know if he, I don't know if he can take a hit. And make a throw. I know that Jordan Love can take a hit and make a throw. Problem is, there's just that leadership. If it was Tom Brady still there, it'd be great. It'd be wonderful. It'd be fantastic. I'd love it. But if it's if it's Brian Hoyer, I'm I'm not as confident in that situation.
3: Fair enough. Um, but that is that is a solid organization. But
2: Josh McDaniels is a heck
3: of an offensive coordinator, right? It, it they've they've had great success with quarterbacks uh, with. Yeah, and I'm not just talking about Tom Brady. Some of the other guys that they've had in their system that have left and gone on to do other things have been they've been okay. So,
2: um Wait, 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 like who? Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, Jimmy was good already. Like that was well, and Maybe by the Jimmy's way, Jimmy's the, the Jimmy, exception. By the Everybody way, else yeah, is I was going to say, because really there's a couple, out. Well, and not only that, but Eric, Jimmy learned for three years underneath Tom Brady before he got his first start. So Jimmy had plenty, plenty of time to learn under Tom Brady and the system before he had to go out and play in his first start. And then he looked like he had been a starter for years. So, uh, hey, how, they have Mel Kuyper Justin Herbert to Los Angeles Chargers. I like that. I think that's an incredible fit for Herbert. I don't know if it'd be See, good the for the Chargers for is
3: another team that, that could be out there, but I think that they're gonna. My guess is they're gonna want to go with probably a more established product for a for if, for a quarterback, meaning Tua or Herbert. I just don't know that they would go with Love
2: if if Jordan Love falls to nineteen. If he falls that far, do you think Las Vegas takes him? Probably. So what do you think? Do you think New England might be trying to trade up right now? I don't know. It's so weird, Ajay, because there are
3: a few guys that are saying that he's still a first rounder, but most of the mock drafts I'm seeing out there have him early second round. I don't see it, Within the first two picks of the second round. I don't
2: see it. That's crazy to me because in that case round 2 would go like this so round 1 Bengals so round 1 and 2 Bengals have the first and uh, the first picks in both rounds in round 2 it flip-flops a little bit and the Raiders fall to the Raiders don't have a second round pick Eric
3: no, the Colts pick number number 2 in the second round. So the Ra- uh, there, there's that's what I'm seeing in a couple different people that are putting out their draft mock drafts is that the oh, Colts yeah, you're right, you're right. The Colts would take love with their with their uh, So if their he falls
2: so if then the second round. So then if he falls to round 2 the Raiders aren't getting Jordan Love.
3: No. I don't see it unless they find a way to trade up.
2: Do you know who else doesn't have a second round pick? New England Patriots Yeah, they don't. Yeah, that's right. They have a third and they have two threes, two fours, three fives, and two sixes. Of course, they do. So things could get. So I could see if New England really does want Jordan Love, they will trade up. They don't have a lot of assets to trade up with, though. That's the problem. Unless someone's willing to sit back with a fourth round pick. But the other teams I look at, I mean, if Chargers pick up Justin Herbert, they don't need a quarterback. The Colts might, I mean, I think, that by then, by the, by the way the board would look, the Colts' second-round pick, which is the number two pick would, probably pick, would probably take Jordan right there, right off the bat. Cleveland doesn't need him. Houston doesn't need him. Miami wouldn't need him just, uh, if they take Tua, if they do. I'm saying with the big if. Uh, Cowboys, Eagles, Bills. Ravens, nope. Vikings and Seahawks, Chiefs, nope. So yeah, he's going round one. Because some team's going to realize that by the end of round two, he's not going to be there. So if a team can, they'll try and get up there and and snag Jordan. And I'm guessing, my guess, and I'm kind of standing with you here, is that it's either going to be Las Vegas or it's going to be New England. What's the worst situation? I hate to be this guy. What's the one team you don't want to see Jordan go to, which would be like, I don't like that fit at all?
3: Oh, that's a good question. Uh,
2: Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) Or Miami. Or Washington. Washington (laughs) would scare me to death, man. Washington's where quarterbacks go to die.
3: Yeah, they just haven't had... I saw something earlier today said some – oh, gosh, what's his name? The, the Dan Marino. Since Dan Marino retired, yeah. there really hasn't been a good quarterback oh, no. in Miami. no. And they've run a lot of guys out of there. They just haven't been a really well-run organization. Somebody said they're the Cleveland Browns. They're just in Miami. Ow. Hey, they don't get as much bad publicity because they have beautiful, beautiful city, beautiful weather, and
2: they don't get as much bad publicity. Because, you know, New England just owns the whole entire AFC East, so it's all watered down from there. Let me, let me play a hypothetical with you. Tampa Bay has the 14th pick in the first round, and then in round two has the 13th pick. Tom Brady, we don't know how long his window is. Jameis Winston's going to be gone. Or is he gone? He's he's not gone yet, right? He's still there. He's going to be gone. He's going to go start for another football team somewhere else. Does Tampa Bay say, you know what? Let's groom another quarterback underneath Tom Brady. Because Tom's got two years left. Do we groom another quarterback? If Jordan Love gets drafted, would Tampa Bay be a good fit? Would you like it? Sure would. Is it, is it possible? With Tom Brady being as old as he is, Jemis Winston wants to go start somewhere else, and you don't have a reliable, I don't know what the quarterback, I mean, it's got to be 50 feet of crap from there. Do you maybe look at getting Jordan Love and saying, we've got a guy who's mobile, great arm, composure, can sling it everywhere, and we wouldn't have to change the system much, from what Tom Brady was running, yeah, potentially. Is he worth a which, first? Which NFL team most closely
3: resembles what Utah State's doing offensively and how Jordan Love? Oh, fits that's in a good
2: question, that. Eric. Oh, uh, Kansas City. It was Tampa. I mean, with Jameis Winston, it was pretty similar. Kansas City. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll go with that one. Uh, Miami, sort of, but they didn't have the talent. Houston Texans were one of those teams, but they got Deshaun Watson. I'm just saying, with the third or 14th pick in the draft, 13th pick, Tampa Bay might look for that backup quarterback because they've got everything else they need. Look, they've got Gronk, OJ Howard. They've got a defense that is young and is ready to go with an with knowing that they have an offense that's reliable. That's not going to put them on the field every. Every two and a half minutes.
3: Or do you go out and get some additional guys to be up front to help protect your, your new quarterback acquisition that you signed in free agency?
2: You know, they did acquire, what, two offensive linemen, I believe, in free agency as well for cheap money who, they, who they're excited about? That's a good question. I, I just think with if you can groom Jordan Love underneath Tom Brady, that's about as picture-perfect as you can get with the remaining talent that they have there.
3: I think in most scenarios that we're looking at, it's more likely than not that Jordan Love is going to go to a team that's a, a well-run organization. Teams that aren't really well-run, teams
2: that have had losing years and losing seasons, pick, are picking higher in the draft. Would you be concerned if he went to Green Bay at all? I know he's got Aaron Rodgers, but it's that cold weather thing. And Jordan Love has proven not to be as great of a quarterback in cold weather. Or is that too harsh? Uh,
3: you know, maybe if, he's, if he knows he's going to be positioned there, he finds a way. But but p- playing under uh, one of the great quarterbacks,
2: absolutely, that'd be great for him. Yeah. So it's more about being groomed by somebody than just the weather climate and all that crap? Well, I think that does make a difference. We saw,
3: time and time again, he was very much a different player in yeah. cold weather. Yeah. He wasn't as crisp. He wasn't as quick. He was more prone to mistakes. He was affected by the colder weather. His worst games in an Aggie uniform were, were cold weather games on the road. But that would affect me. Yeah, oh, heck yeah, that would affect it. me. But the NFL draft it's coming up tonight. First round starts a little bit later this evening, uh, and then the, uh, the it's it's all virtual. It's all
2: going to be different. Uh, it's going to be interesting television to see how they do it. Speaking of which, General Rovell just tweeted out draft picks whose feed does not show appropriate social distancing and too many guests and location risks not being put on by ESPN or ABC per NFL's wishes. Because you are going to have cameras in these guys' houses. So you're just sitting in your bedroom by yourself with your Tron poster behind you? Hey! (laughs) You're going to have mom and dad and
3: grandma there, but don't have a big crowd of 20, 30 people over. Don't get put on ABC. All right, we're going to take a step aside here in the full court press. We'll continue to look at what's going to potentially happen tonight, looking at some of the different scenarios that might play out for the NFL draft. Um, Jordan Love, any other Aggie players being mentioned in some of these mock drafts? There are a few. We'll look at those as well coming up on the Full Court Press.
1: I'm Ryan Radke with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Rob Gronkowski spoke Wednesday for the first time as a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Gronk says he and Tom Brady didn't talk much about playing together again until recently. Also commenting on his former team, Gronkowski acknowledged New England is not the easiest place to play. But said he'll forever look up to coach Bill Belichick and owner Robert Kraft. As we await the start of the NFL draft, we're getting some clarity as to what might happen with the number one overall pick. In fact, Bengals coach Zach Taylor says they know who they will select. We just have to wait until tonight to find out. In an interview on NFL Total Access, Taylor says the team feels very comfortable on where they're headed and had previously mentioned the extensive work Cincinnati has done on expected top pick Joe Burrow. And two teams have expressed interest in trading down in the draft, the Panthers with the seventh pick and the Cardinals with the eighth pick according to NFL Network's Tom Pellicero. The NFL Draft begins tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
3: Eric France and Aj Salvison. The NFL Draft starts at six o'clock tonight. Will we hear Jordan Love's name called this evening, or will it be tomorrow when the, the draft resumes for the second round? Aj, the I've seen there are a lot of interesting prop bets that are always out there in Las Vegas. Oh, these are fun. People find so many stupid ways to blow their money, but. One of them is trying to set the line at where Jordan Love will be selected. And the line is set at nineteen and a half, Meaning, if you go over, you think that he will be selected 20, 21, or more than that. If you go take the under, then he'll be picked 1 through 18. Or I guess 1 through 19, actually. So, Ajay, I'll throw that out to you. nineteen and a half. and a half. Would you take the over or the under on Jordan Love and when
2: he gets selected in the NFL draft? Okay, so yesterday a friend of mine came to me and said, Hey, I'll give you dinner one through 19 or 20 through 40. What are you taking? And I looked at it, I was like, I ain't doing this. I said, why not? I'm like, Because this is so, it, it's a mystery. Like it is it is a flip a coin mystery. He's either going in the first half, second half, or ain't going at all. Um over under a nineteen and a half, and over means past nineteen, right? Right. A uh, number higher than nineteen and Fetch, a half. Fetch, man.
3: Starting <laughs> <laughs> to cue the the Jeopardy music no, here. Shut up. While Stop you it. Think?
2: dude, shut up. The thinking music. I'll make you think. I should call my friend now and tell him I'll do dinner. I'm going to take under. I am I would take the over. How far? Not that far. How far?
3: Late first round. Okay. So New England would probably get him then. It's potential. Hey, you know
2: another place that could be good? San Francisco. Did you see Durham Avell's tweet? Uh, No. In the last couple of hours, the most intriguing bets on the NFL draft have been on Jordan Love. After someone put $3,000 on Utah State QB going to the Dolphins at Bet GM, now we learn Points Bet USA took a $10,000 bet on Love going before pick number 23. What? There you go. $10,000 bet, man. At, before pick number 23. So we saying $10,000. Either the Patriots trade up and don't or get them, or the Patriots stick at 23 and don't get them.
3: Can wow. we just stop for a minute and think about this? Somebody's willing to throw $10,000 down <laughs> about where someone might get drafted in the NFL.
2: Uh, I just
3: need to marinate on that. Man. Huh? Wow. Okay, so here's some of the mock drafts. This isn't all of them, but here's a, here's a sampling of a few. We've already mentioned Mel Kuyper for ESPN. He has uh, Jordan Love going 19, Joe Shad. Uh, has Jordan Love going 19, both to the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, this is from CBS Sports. Uh, God, no, his name. Ryan Wilson. He has him going one earlier than that. He's got Jordan Love going eight with the 18th pick to Miami. Uh, somebody else here with CBS Sports uh, putting their This is Jason uh, LaCanfora. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Uh, but he has him going a little bit later at 26, uh, but also to Miami. But then uh, an expert with the NFL draft from the NFL.com doesn't even have Jordan Love in the first round. Skies guys at the Bleacher Report have him going at 34 to the Colts. So, uh, Anja, like I said, there's, there's wide disparity here about the opinions about Jordan Love and where he may end up. Got to call another quick timeout here on the Full Court Press. We want to come back, some final thoughts about the draft tonight and uh, reactions to what we heard from Gary Anderson earlier this hour. Coming up next on the Full Court Press.
1: It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM,
0: 1390 AM, The Fan.
3: Well, tonight, Ajay, we find out how much stock do these NFL analysts put on what happened in 2019 and what was Jordan Love like in 2018. Is it about all the changes that happened around him or is it about his personal development?
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and how much are numbers put into it? we remember Bill Belichick came out and said, look, you know, you got to look at the circumstances of, of each player. You know, year to year. Things change from 2018 to 2019, as was Jordan Love. Uh, and so you don't look at stats as much as look at performance throws and, and things that we can't see that NFL GMs and scouts and coaches are looking at more specifically.
3: And I, when you look at his total, if you just look strictly at the stats, you'd see 17 interceptions. But if you watched the games, you would know that there's a good chunk of those that were not his fault. Or those were late game situations and he's just pressing it and it doesn't really matter. The outcome of the game is already decided. You can throw those away. Um but there were there were a number of them that, that are a little concerning. Um but the uh the, the, the interviews that have taken place, the evaluation of film, that's all they'll have to go off of because really only Miami was a team that had a chance to work him out personally. So bottom line Ajay, you, I think you and I both feel like we're going to hear Jordan Love's name tonight.
2: Yeah, we're, we're going to hear it in the first round. I would be absolutely shocked if we didn't. Uh, and if we didn't, I wonder if Jordan Love may maybe get a phone call and say, hey, we're going to draft you in the next round. Don't worry. Don't panic. You're coming our way. Just hold tight. Between now and the end of the weekend, do we hear any other Aggie names called? Dominic Everly, I think it's another one you're going to hear. Fifth, sixth, seventh round, late, late, late. I think he's going to go. Some mock drafts have David Woodward
3: coming late, and others have Tipa also as late additions. So there could be a number of Aggies that get selected uh, by the time this is all said and done. Um, and then with Gary Anderson, some of his comments uh, earlier in the hour, um, you, you can tell here's a guy that he's been around some really great athletes that have gone on to perform at a high level at the yeah, next level. It's an understatement. And uh, he's... He is a relationship guy, and he keeps in touch with them, and that's a great asset for Utah State.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I, man, I, I, like I said, like you go back, and you remember this, Eric, when, when the former Aggies came out and put out a video welcoming Gary Anderson back and what he meant to the program. Like, come on. Like, what else do you need? And I know Gary's being modest in that answer, too. He tried to keep it very modest, but we know. We know, I think, how much Gary Anderson meant to those kids. How much he means to these ones now, too.
3: And it, honestly, I can't think of a time in the modern era where we've heard the name Utah State discussed or attached to someone so much in the month of April. Um, we we've heard it in March at times with NCAA tournament, but never this much around the NFL draft. And it's an exciting time for USU. Hopefully, it's it's going to be an exciting time for Jordan Love and potentially other Aggie players this weekend. And Others that may not get drafted, but I think there's going to be a couple other guys that will get some opportunities as undrafted free agents. Uh, If and when that does happen, we'll make sure we pass it along and share it with you. Stay here on Fox Sports Radio here with us on The Fan. They'll be updating the draft throughout the evening uh, as the draft happens and these names get called. We'll be back to break it all down tomorrow. Stay safe. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.
4: I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. You have to give the NFL credit for turning the draft into huge parties. We saw it when it was held in places like Chicago and Philadelphia and Nashville huge crowds turned out. This year, of course, is different. It was supposed to be in Vegas and that would have been quite a party. Now it's going to be a virtual party. And believe me, it's much needed. Last Sunday, ESPN aired The Last Dance about the final year of the Chicago Bulls in the 90s. Over 6 million tuned in. I think the draft is going to have an even bigger rating. Maybe the biggest rating ever for a draft because what else do we have to watch? When the NFL announced it would not delay the draft, people had a lot of questions, concerns. It's different than a live sporting event from a safety standpoint it is okay to be happy about tonight take joy in it for football fans the draft is always Christmas in April all 32 teams are in play and the future seems bright for everyone this year we could all use a feel-good holiday more than ever I'm Dan Patrick and this is Above the Noise